at some point we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds. Welcome to Down Ballot.
We do the show live every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m., right before Local Love. What's up, Councilman? It's Local Night here on the Echoplex, and I'm happy to be here. This is the Councilman. You can find me on Twitter at T-H-E underscore Councilman, and occasionally sitting on the porch of my plantation, drinking a lemonade, and looking at the people working and slaving away from me. You know how I go. I'm just a big white man. Okay. Um... <clears throat> So, uh, podcast listeners, make sure you check out twitch.tv slash echoplex media. Uh, YouTube viewers, uh, there won't be any. We got a mis- medical misinformation strike from YouTube today. Oh, my goodness. How could that be? Aren't we the purveyors of medical information, not misinformation? Yeah, I don't know. Co- correct information, in other words? Yeah. They're just fucking, I don't know, starting to think maybe they picked a side. Well, is it because you played a clip maybe of someone talking about some sort of misinformation and maybe they flagged it because of that? For example, like when you, you know, if you played like a, a song, like a Taylor Swift song or something, right, they would flag that, but not necessarily because, you know, the content that you're trying to provide is necessarily bad. Just that you happen to happen to have an illegal copyrighted clip on your show. Um, no, I, I have a more cynical view. I think this conspiracy theory around specifically ivermectin is big business for YouTube. And, uh, yeah, I think that might be what's going on. I'm not really familiar with the ivermectin. I've been trying to stay blessedly above the fray, um, cause it just drives me batty. Um, but yeah, the ivermectin thing is kind of eluding me. So the public comment today was pretty lit and I was learning a lot. I had to Google quite a bit too. It was fun. I didn't want to bother you guys in the discord cause I, you guys are all woke and you, you know what's going on. So I don't want to, I don't like to, you know drop any ignorant questions up in there all right well this is our local news show and it looks like we have a, a late entry to the docket you, you asked for video it's not quite live video i think of the of what actually happened inside the council chambers but some shit popped off today at city hall in san jose so there there is a stories Protesters gathered at San Jose City Hall and packed the council chambers. They rallied against a proposal that would basically ban anyone who is unvaccinated from being at some big events. KPIX 5's Devin Feely joins us live from City Hall with the details. Devin? Yeah, the crowds outside of of City Hall have thinned out a bit. There's still a number of people inside the building giving public comment. Now, initially, the city of San Jose, like a lot of businesses, were giving people options, either a proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test. But if tonight's vote is successful, it will either be proof of vaccination or you're out of luck. Protesters say requiring a vaccine infringes on their rights and personal freedom. I shouldn't have to be forced to take something that my conscience tells me is not good for me. Ari Goldberg says the proposed vaccine mandate is... Where's Ari from? It's a pressure campaign. Modesto? Grudgingly or not, to get a shot. I get shut out of participating in society. That is a form of coercion. Mayor Sam Licardo says it's no longer viable to have people show a negative COVID test in place of proof of vaccination, especially as the Delta variant and cases surge. Just getting tested isn't going to make us safe. A test is only good for the moment that it's taken. Uh, And within moments of getting a test, 
one can be exposed again. The way we reduce risk is by getting vaccinated. The mayor's proposal would apply to city-owned buildings like the convention center, Shark Tank, Civic Center, and others. It's clearly designed to encourage people to get vaccinated or else risk being left out of activities and events they enjoy. No one forces anyone to take care of their health in other situations. No one forces you to work out. No one forces you to eat healthy. That's your human right, your human choice. And I believe it should be the same with anything that you put in your body, no matter what it is. City Councilman Raul Perales says they've tried education and persuasion to convince people to get a shot. And their last resort is mandates. Quite frankly, we're not where we wanted to be in this pandemic right now. We need to make unprecedented decisions. Uh, and that's what we're doing here to try to keep our community safe. Now, Devin, this only applies to city-owned buildings right now. Are they talking about expanding it to everything? Yeah, just to be clear, it does only apply to city-owned buildings like the Shark Tank. There has been some conversation of perhaps broadening out this mandate. But if you're going to implement a blanket mandate for all businesses, you probably have to get a little more buy-in from businesses than perhaps they currently have. Mm -hmm. All right, Devin, thank you. Hint, hint, more to come. <laughs> Maybe more to come. Um, we're going to be like the post-game after local love tonight. Um, <clears throat> we're going to be going over some of the public comment from this. It was quite interesting. Um, <clears throat> it was all you... the kind of boilerplate shit that I've been seeing in all the anti-vaccine groups. People brought up ivermectin. They were talking about the Nuremberg Code. It was like um, it was like every anti-vaccine Facebook group you've ever been in decided to join the uh, San Jose City Council Zoom call. Right, they were talking the, the the mark, right? The mark of the devil, or uh, yeah, uh, unbelievable. Do you know the most amazing part about that clip, though? Huh. Is that it was on, it was on CBS Five and it worked. It did work. I'm shocked. <laughs> it, went, it went right to the story. I was so excited when I found it right before we went on the air. Um, yeah, so many problems with uh the narrative around of the anti-vaxxers. So many issues. I mean, there's so many. Th I I could just go on and on and on. Um, but at the end of the day, the fundamental argument is, dude, no one's forcing you to get the vaccine. No one. No one. No one in the world is forcing you to get the vaccine. You may have to be vaccinated and prove it to go fun places, right? But you can stay home and wank off to your, you know, uh, sportsman's magazines all you want, you know, and not get the vaccine. And that's totally cool. Um, and to the dude who like, oh, no one tells me to work out or eat healthy. Well, we certainly suggest it, <laughs> but at the same time, you're right. No one tells you to work out or eat healthy because guess what? When you get all fat and obese, that's not going to spread this to your neighbor or to someone you happen to be in a convenience store with for five seconds or happen to be on the train with, right? They're not going to get obese suddenly because you're near them, right? Whereas this deadly communicable disease is very easily transferred, especially in the new variants between people. So we're not asking you to get vaccinated because we're forcing something upon you for your own health. It's for the community's health that we're encouraging you to get vaccinated or to stay away from public places for the health of the community, for their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, right? It's about all of our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So fuck you. Fuck all you people who are completely caught up in your little constitutional bullshit arguments. Get off my ass. Get off my public comment. Go get vaxxed or stay home. That's my, that's my fucking send off to them. And at this point, I'm like contractually obligated again to say that there's like three people who own three companies who could have put the fucking brakes on all this a long time ago. Absolutely. The, Susan Majewski, Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey. Yeah. They and you could heard, have just you heard started nuking the accounts and nuking the groups. It's not like, oh, somebody questioned the vaccine once. I think they should get nuked. There are Facebook accounts and Twitter accounts and YouTube channels that exist solely 
to spread misinformation about COVID-19. That's all they fucking do. I could like make a catalog of them. Yeah. And, and you're getting, you're getting the one getting your videos slapped. Yeah. That's, and I, well, that's, that's neither here nor there, but I mean, it is, it is, it is, but it seems like not only are they not doing anything about the anti-vaccine crowd or whatever, it seems like when they do take action, it seems to be kind of haphazard based only on titles and keywords. So if people are honest about what their video is about, doesn't matter what their position is. Like on YouTube, you get your video pulled because you have ivermectin in your keywords. And it's like, well, that's fine. But the, you could do a video about ivermectin that is not against their terms of service. So, yeah, they're, they're not doing anything about it. They won't. Um, you know, if Facebook's algorithm knows everything about me, it knows what accounts are out there that exist specifically to spread ma vaccine misinformation. It has to know that to know to serve those people anti-vaccine ads. So, yeah, they could do something about it. They're not going to. And um, I think that while Section 230 probably protects them from just the stuff posted on their pay on their website, I think when they start taking ads for it, I think maybe they lose some of their safe harbor protections because they're taking money for it. But I'm not a law. I'm not a, le a legal expert. And, Nor am uh, I. I. I should find somebody who's an expert on Section 230. Maybe I'm on to talk about it a little bit sometime. Well, we have a we have a legal scholar in our little family down ballot family here, so maybe we can enlist her and actually get her back on the show at some point. Um, I'll work on it. Or if she can refer uh, us to somebody who does particularly <laughs> that kind of work. The absolute worst if you get into it in public comment tonight. Um, I mean, it was literally like three hours worth. But um, if you do get into it, it was the children that really was was really pissing me off when when kids would come on and they were obviously prompted and given a script and. You know, or, or either that or just indoctrinated their whole lives, right? And they just believe it, you know, like zealots and they're just spouting what they've been told over and over again. Um, that's just disgusting, like using your children as shields, right? Like, or as, as to, to amplify your argument. Give me a break. We um, see that all the time in all these anti-vaccine events. There's so, children at all. Every, every time we cover public comments, somebody's either got their kid with them or has their kid give a, give a comment. And yeah, the kids are probably, uh, if they're like high school age, maybe they're not being prompted, but like little kids, yeah, they're fucking probably be well, these were high school age kids too but i honestly i still hold them in the same the same space especially here in this situation especially when the words that are coming out of their mouths are so eerily similar to all the words that are coming out of everyone else's mouth right and by the way producer dave my absolute favorite like uh what do you want to call it header or, or, or prefix to a <laughs> to an argument is i don't want to repeat what everyone else just said but i'm going to go ahead and repeat what everyone else just said <laughs> Uh, yeah, I that shit was that shit was one hundred percent astroturfed, at least as yeah. far as the the Zoom comments. And we're we're looking yeah. into it. We're going to keep an eye on this. This is this is like right in our neighborhood and right in our fucking wheelhouse. So the in person stuff was pretty well too. I mean, I don't like you said. I don't think many of those people, if maybe five percent, were actually San Jose residents. Most of them were outside, quote unquote, you know, agitators or whatever you want to call them. Part of your, you know, th they talk about the what is it the the play actors or the the, the drama trauma actors crisis or whatever. actors crisis actors thank you so this is kind of the reverse of that right it's it's um you see the same people pop up over and over again um anyway well yeah more to come um and hopefully we'll get some video you'll get some video later from uh of what happened actually in the chambers when the council meeting was disrupted momentarily well before the vaccine mandate debate even came up um during the ceremonial items so they interrupted the pride recognition i thought that was really rude i'm not um, surprised <laughs> anyway um more to come but that's leading off now on to i don't have my docket i forget where i said it i forgot where oh, i said it down so no worries 
You're, no running, you're driving the ship. Nice. We're going to move on to winners and losers where there are no winners, generally speaking. Um, in this story, I guess you could say that there's winners. It's kind of, it depends on your, how you, your, your perspective, right? And even one of the winners probably doesn't want to be a winner in this case, but we'll find out about it. If this is all um, national politics comes home to the Bay Area, kind of a story for Down Ballot this week. As you probably know, I'm stepping aside as your governor. With Had no idea. hours left in his term, Governor Andrew Cuomo commuted the sentences of five convicted killers. One of them is David Gilbert, the father of San Francisco's district attorney, Chase Boudin. While I appreciate uh, him wanting his father to be released, uh, he should think long and hard about the families and the pain that they've had to endure for 40 years. Gilbert and his wife were members of the radical and violent Weather Underground. They left 14-month-old Boudin with a babysitter so they could be getaway drivers in the attempted Brinks armored car robbery in 1981. His mother pleaded guilty to murder and robbery, and he was in prison for two decades. His father was still behind bars after being convicted of murder and robbery. It was a disgusting final act on the part of the governor. Uh, who commuted the sentence of David Gilbert. Chasa spent decades visiting his parents in prison and as a result, learned the ins and outs of the criminal justice system from a unique vantage point. He ran for San Francisco's district attorney on a platform of ending mass incarceration and eliminating cash bail. Tonight, he gave us this picture of he and his father saying in part, my heart is bursting and it also aches for the families of the three victims. Although he never used a gun or intended for anyone to get hurt, my father's crime caused unspeakable harm and devastated the lives of many separate families. Republican New York State Assemblyman Mike Lawler. I think cop killers uh, do not belong out of jail. The president of San Francisco's Police Officers Association agrees, saying, as Chase Boudin continues to use his influence to lobby for his biological father's release, the victims will continue to be haunted by their immense loss. Gilbert's commutation now heads for the parole board in New York. Assemblyman Lawler says he plans to try and block his release. Cheryl Hurd, NBC Bay Area News. Well, that's weird. Did the guy kill a cop? Well, not directly. I think a police officer died in the attempted robbery, but he, this is the, uh, his, Chase's parents were the getaway drivers, basically. So they were in the car when the shit happened, right? But they're obviously accomplices to the fact, right? So they were, they were charged with, um, I think accomplice to murder or murder directly, but he didn't pull no, the it's, trigger. It's called, it's called felony murder when you are, um, right. involved in the commission of a felony. There you go. Even if you're not the murderer. If a there murder happens, yeah. So that's that's what happened. That's what happened. So there was a, a cop murdered in the the, per, the uh, perpetration of the crime, um, and they were yeah obviously accomplices to it. So felony murder, and that's what they were serving time for. Um, so obviously, it's like one of those situations where I I don't. There's a lot. There's something going on here. There's some there's some untold story again, as always with our local news. Um, you know, uh, I don't know that. You know, Chesa Boudin was was lobbying for his for clemency for his dad. Honestly, I'm you know I'm sure there have been hearings. I'm sure he's spoken very eloquently you know before about it, and probably is not super upset that his dad's getting clemency, as you could tell from his statement. But you can also tell like this just kind of puts him in an awkward spot. So I don't see how it's how he would be lobbying necessarily for this, especially in his current position, because it would look really bad. Um, but there's something going on here. Like why does why in the world does Cuomo decide to do this on his way out the door? Um, 
I mean, he's kind of a dick, so and it's kind of a dick move <laughs> in a way. Um, if if especially if Boudin wasn't you know lobbying for it, so it's just weird. There's something going on, and then this this New York rep is just jumping on this bandwagon trying to you know just be Mister Public Safety and Mister <laughs> Mister Mister uh, uh, you know Blue Line uh, Tim Blue Line. Yeah, it doesn't strike me. It doesn't like seem to make sense to me that a district attorney of a city, even a big city all the way across the country would have much influence on a mayor or right. on the governor of a big state like New York. Like maybe if it was the governor of California trying to like lobby for it, maybe, right. but like that's not only far removed, but just kind of different places on the ladder too, you know? Yeah. And especially given that, um, you know, Boudin came from sort of the anti-establishment, right. And he was running against the grain, right. Whereas uh, Andrew Cuomo is the fucking establishment. <laughs> um, so yeah, that makes it, uh, it, I don't see the connection there. I don't know that he was lobbying for it, but it certainly puts him in, again, in an awkward spot. I mean, good for his dad. I mean, I, I, you know, I can, simp I can certainly sympathize with the circumstance. Um, you should know who you're getting in, uh, into activism and doing crimes with though. Just be careful if you're going to be doing that, um, doing that weather underground shit. Absolutely. Um, but this is similar to sort of what they, uh, this is, I'm sure right-wingers will use this once again as an opportunity to smear you know, Boudin and Cuomo and, you know, um, just like uh, they did when Obama was tied to Bill Ayers, right, and the Weather Underground um, and some activists as well who hadn't murdered people. Anyway. All right. Well, moving right along. Uh, more. We got more losers, although maybe the people are the winners here. Um, do you all remember, Bruce, do you remember that school board uh, vice president who got censured and then I think lost her, she, had, she lost her title or something and then uh you know because she was being racist but then she claimed reverse racism right and too much wokeness or something and then so she basically sued the school district i vaguely well she lost oh good here's a really quick hit from uh, fox 2 news about that about a lawsuit by a school board member filed against the school district and her fellow board members. Allison Collins filed an $87 million lawsuit claiming school board members and the school district violated her free speech by demoting her after disparaging tweets about Asian Americans. Collins and two other school board members face potential recall possibly this fall. Oh, so she hasn't been removed. She's facing a recall. Yeah, no, she she uh, she was suing for eighty seven million dollars because I think they stripped her of her vice president of the board title or something like this. Right. Um, uh, so they, the judge decided that that was just bullshit, <laughs> which it was. Um, so she's going to have to serve out her term. And yeah, they're all facing recall. In fact, um, as you you well know, producer Dave, it looks like there's recall a palooza going on across California now. So we'll we're tracking a group that's out to recall. First, they were out to recall all the county supervisors. And now it looks like they're out to recall, as of today, the city council in San Jose. But it's all very astroturfy and very joyous, and I'm sure we'll be covering it a lot on down ballot. I hope there's some Austin Bennett paperwork future. situations and maybe a, maybe an associated meltdown. Wouldn't that be glorious? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it though? Um, well, speaking of vaccine mandates, uh, San Francisco, as we kind of heard in that story on San Jose, has really taken the lead and been out in the forefront on the vaccine mandate situation. And when I say vaccine mandate, I want to make sure that we're being very clear. This is not about mandating you get the vaccine. This is about mandating that you've been vaccinated if you're going to go out and do public things with other public people who um, do not want to get the COVID virus. 
Uh, in San so, Francisco uh, too, the uh, like there's an association. I was going to call it the Bar Association, but that's obviously legal. But like the there's some <laughs> kind of nightlife um, like lobby group that was in pretty strongly in favor of mandating a vaccine for going out. I know the DNA yep. lounge and the cat club and a couple other venues are already making you show uh, proof of vaccination before you go in anyway. So Absolutely. I think in San Francisco, I think it's well, they just didn't have some weird AstroTurf group show up. I just like, what are like, I just wonder what, like, yeah, I wonder why they targeted San Jose instead of San Francisco. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that people showed up for public comment at that board of supervisors meeting as well, too. I'm, I'm positive of it. Um, so we can we can dig into that for sure. Maybe they didn't show up in force or shut down the meeting or they maybe they I mean, they're used to this kind of shit. So they kept the people at the door. Right. <laughs> and then let them let them in. Um, anyway, but so San Francisco has been out in the forefront, but other counties around the Bay Area are not necessarily stepping up. And some of them are sort of even saying like, nah, we're cool. So the question is, will other cities follow San Francisco's lead? City leaders announced yesterday that you'll have to prove that you've been vaccinated if you want to go inside a lot of indoor businesses. Yeah, here's a quick look out of the rollout. You'll need your vaccine card to eat and drink inside restaurants and bars. If you want to work out inside a gym, if you want to go to a club or a theater, like to watch Hamilton, and even for big events like, like Warriors games. So today we reached out to Bay Area leaders to see if any other cities or counties are planning these type of vaccine mandates. Here's what NBC Bay Area's Ginger Conajero found out. We reached out to the eight other Bay Area counties to see where they are in requiring proof of vaccination for indoor venues. We found some are watching closely, and we also found some businesses who aren't waiting for counties to make a decision. Alameda, Contra Costa, Sonoma, Solano, San Mateo, and Napa counties all said they are not considering requiring proof of vaccinations at this time. However, Marin and Santa Clara counties say nothing is off the table. At this time, you know, we're, we're not making a step in that direction. Now, it hasn't been discussed, absolutely. San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo's office saying they owe it to the community to explore every option to make people safer. But some businesses in Santa Clara County aren't waiting for a mandate. I've had two people yell at me. But Maruichi, a Japanese restaurant in Mountain View, says... Spend your money there. ...with their own system. If you're fully vaccinated, you can come in, right? But you still have to wear a mask until your food and drinks come out. And then when you're going to the bathroom or walking around the restaurant, you still need a mask on. If you're unvaccinated, we ask them to sit outside. Haberdasher Restaurant in San Jose will yeah. ask you to prove your vaccine. Spend your money there. All guests must provide proof of vaccine to enter. That's a great place, too. It is. A photocopy of it or a picture of it on your device. I think it's an important standard. That's Ahmad Thomas, CEO of the influential Silicon Valley Leadership Group. Today, that organization threw its support behind vaccine mandates for businesses. There you go. Got them businesses on board. Got them Carl Gordino, big bucks. Um, I'm sorry, Ahmad Thomas. I'll get used to him being the CEO, but it's still Carl's baby. Um, well, as you can see, not everyone's on board with Santa Clara County leading the way as usual that's uh and that's why they're getting lumped in by the anti-vaxxers in statements like this is just like north korea and iran and cuba and santa clara county and australia i'm like man what did australia do to you australia and new zealand have been pretty aggressive actually they have in new zealand that's probably why new zealand has like one of the lowest you know, COVID rates in the world and they're all out watching freaking football games and rugby matches and going to concerts and having a good old time and we're 
stuck having to freaking show a passport just to go to a goddamn bar. Just big ups to Haberdasher because um yes because like <clears throat> I think like the places where people are getting drunk are going to be the places where it's most important to have everybody vaccinated because people are going to be less inclined to distance at people even like you and I who want to be responsible. We start getting drunk. We're going to probably be a little doing a little more of that close talking, you know? Yep. Oh yeah. Hi. I'm going to forget to put my mask back on before I breathe all over you. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So where alcohols, where alcohols at, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I was just kind of, I'm still confused when I'm indoors and food's there and people are talking, right? I'm, I'm forgetting that I don't have my mask on. I like take it off to drink. I take it off to have a snack and then I forget to pull it back up again. And I'm talking to someone and no one tells me I'm like, Hey, mask. And you're like, so, oops. Yeah. We're, it, we're all getting used to this shit, but it's like, I, I, I'm just really struggling with these folks who are just so adamantly you know, they're just, it's hardwired, right? Like it's just part of their value system at that point. It's not really about, you know, they're, they're looking for the information they need that feeds their narrative, right? Like they're just not going to hear anything. Like I, you couldn't sit there and reason with them for hours and, and get them to shift, right? Like that's it, just where they're at. Reasoning aloud who, by the way, I went on his, uh, went on his show for an interview, uh, not too long ago, it got posted on the 20th. Just asked what the crossover is between the people who supported the folks who didn't want to bake the cake versus the people you know, and if that's the same group of people who's mad about now, the businesses want to force you to have a vaccine if you're going to come in and eat inside, you know, mm -hmm. so I wonder mm -hmm. if that's the, if there's any crossover there. I'd be willing to bet yeah. there is. Oh, probably a little bit. Just a bit. Ah, well, um, it's not going to get any happier with this next story. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, I think there's something you found, right? On, yeah. On the yeah. TV. Uh, yeah. Bay, Bay Area healthcare workers are basically talking about their burnout because they are working hard, very hard, harder than usual because of the Delta variant. This is going to be a depressing story. Some Bay Area healthcare workers say that they're dealing with yet another round of coronavirus burnout. KTV's Asda Smith joins us now live in San Jose after talking with doctors there working to manage a surge of cases driven by the Delta variant. Asda. Yes, Heather, doctors I spoke with say they were hopeful in the spring when vaccines were widely available. Now they're frustrated because they say these hospitalizations could have been avoided. We're a lot like all the other humans <laughs> who are tired of talking about COVID. It has been an exhausting 18 months for doctors like Dr. Angela Rogers, who works in the intensive care unit at Stanford treating COVID patients. As she watches COVID cases climb once again at her hospital, she thinks about how it could have been prevented. We don't have to be here if everyone would trust the science and, and everyone who could get the vaccine medically would, um, then everyone would be protected. Uh, so it, it does feel harder and, and worse this time around. Throughout the Bay Area, the number of people hospitalized with COVID-19 spiked dramatically shortly after the state reopened its economy. We went from about five cases at the time of reopening per day to about 40 cases. So that's an eight times increase and we've been hovering at around 40 cases a uh, on an average day for the last month or so. At UCSF, where Dr. Peter Chin Hong works, the hospital requested 200 traveling nurses to help with staffing. The hospital says, unfortunately, those nurses are in high demand elsewhere. It just seems like a grind every day in and out. On Facebook, Regional Medical Center in San Jose posted a video of its healthcare workers and the pandemic's toll. 
I think the biggest stress for me was the idea. Right under that was an ad telling for a shirt that told people not to wear the mask. <laughs> Almost guaranteed. Taking anything home to my family. And in some ways that was really scary. Um, to be constantly faced with mortality. There's just, I think, a deeper level of sadness this time that it's, it's not just the virus. It's partly that we as a society didn't didn't control it. And Dr. Rogers of Stanford says the hardest part has been seeing her patients suffer with regret. A lot of our patients, even when they started to get symptoms, would you know quickly go and get vaccinated as they started to feel ill, and that's definitely not advised. And Dr. Rogers says it's not too late to get the vaccine. And with today's FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine, she's hopeful more employers will insist on getting the shots. Heather? All right, Asna Smith for reporting live for us tonight. Asna, thank you. <sighs> yeah, poor Asna. None of the anchors at KTV know how to pronounce her name. I... <laughs> they like, always skip a syllable. Like, yo, we we just we're gonna just snatch defeat from the jaws of victory here. Mm-hmm. And right? it's gonna be because of this. Gonna be because of something that this this network's been covering for five fucking years. Right. And if people were only listening, listener, viewer, thank you. You knew long before anyone else and you were crying out in the dark. And now we have at least two listeners and a couple of viewers. <laughs> so, so please, please continue to spread and pour water on yourselves and feed yourselves after midnight because we need more of you out there um, doing your gremlin thing for the good for us. You're our good gremlins. Um, I don't know why I'm calling our viewers gremlins. It's probably That's probably awful. I've called them worse late at night. We love you. We love you all. You are our, you are our everything. Um, <laughs> this show would not exist without our viewer. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, well, that's winners and losers. And as we always close out winners and losers, we have to find someone that needs to get their shit together in a sort of massive way. And it looks like Oakland Unified School District wins the, uh, the big prize this week. So let's find out what's going on there. Positive cases of COVID-19 less than three weeks after the new academic year started. But now the district is saying that some of those cases were false positives. KTV's Alyssa Harrington joining us live this morning from Montero Middle School with more on the story. Alyssa, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, now there's a big question. How many of these positive cases were accurate? That's what the school district is looking at this morning. The numbers that we had were that there were nine confirmed uh, cases here at Monterra and two classrooms in quarantine. But now the district said some of those positive cases were in error. The latest dashboard now has the latest numbers throughout the district as 87 student cases of COVID-19 and nine staff cases. But emails sent to parents at Monterra Middle School say there were a number of false positive tests from a rapid test given on Friday. The district said Vestra, the company that administered the COVID test, did incorrect testing. And district officials will now try to determine the accurate number and, of course, which classes do and do not need to be in quarantine. Any changes should go into effect tomorrow. School districts across the Bay Area are dealing with positive COVID cases right at the start of the school year. For example, there are 81 reported cases in San Francisco schools. A positive case can result in other students and staff being asked to quarantine if they were in close contact with the patient. But staying at home with the child during quarantine while working full time has become a balancing act for parents. Seven-year-old, a second grader at Foster City Elementary, and they just recently had um, 
several outbreaks in the school, but uh, in particular, one outbreak in her classroom. It was a scramble. It, it really impacts a lot of things. It impacts a lot of things, jobs specifically, jobs importantly. COVID testing is available at 10 Oakland Unified School District locations. Masks are required on campus, and they are, of course, asking students that if they feel sick, please stay home. Reporting live in Oakland, I'm Alyssa Harrington, KTVU, Fox 2 News. I thought getting the kids back in school was about the kids getting their education. I mean, it's both. Of course. Of course it is. Um, I do feel for all parents who are dealing with that kind of choice um, because our childcare system in this country is totally fucked. But I feel a little bit more for the people who uh, are working like five jobs already and can barely make ends meet um, and have no no options at all. Like no no grandma, no aunt, no, you know, they don't have any money for childcare whatsoever. so this whole thing has been a fucking nightmare for them and for their kids. Um, so no one's got it. I, I do, you know, I do sympathize Oakland Unified. No one's got a perfect solution. But yeah, you might want to, if you're going to be requiring testing and if you're going to be wanting to be thorough and transparent, you might want to get a company that knows what they're doing with them tests. Have you had a rapid test, Bruce Dave? Only when I had COVID. Yeah, I never, I've only had, I mean, I had... The, the quickest turnaround was 24 hours, but I've never had the one where you get the, whatever, you get the swab and they can find out like right there. So I imagine that's a little bit imperfect. That was always the thing we were, I think we were talking about, like just mail something like that to everyone in America. Everyone gets tested and there you go. Um, couldn't be that hard, right? If you can mail me a check for $1,400 or whatever, $1,200, you should be able to mail me a test. Mail me a vaccine. All right, well, we're going to move on down ballot. Because it's uh, we're getting close to that recall. Producer Dave, everyone's got their ballot. we got three weeks left. Got to get that thing in. Have you submitted your ballot yet? Uh, no, but I'm going to do it tomorrow. Okay. I'll do it tomorrow. And then next week you can ask me and I'll probably say I'll do it tomorrow again. Um, <laughs> I'll get it in on time. I never don't vote. <laughs> so our, our uh, first story in the down ballot watch, wouldn't you know it? the video players like not being real happy? Um, but can you give course. us like the broad strokes of what happened in that case? I can. Um, so uh, I'm actually f- uh, forgetting if we're going to John Cox or if we're going to the John Cox. John Cox. Yes. Yeah. So, um, there was a there's a, a number of candidates who are running to potentially replace Gavin Newsom if the recall is successful. And there was a debate the other night of uh, Repu- some of the Republican candidates. And as it was kicking off, and John Cox, the guy with of the b- big bear in his ads, remember we've we've covered mm-hmm. him the Beauty and the Beauty and the Beast, right? Um, just as the, he was launching into his little opening diatribe, someone like jumped into the, it was virtual and live. Someone jumped into the studio and like, or out of the studio audience and like served him with papers uh, in a lawsuit, some sort of slander lawsuit, I guess. <laughs> so they used the opportunity to serve him like in the middle of the debate. Um, to his credit, he laughed it off well, took the subpoena and then um, moved along with his, his comments after they cleared the person out of the, out of the space. Um, but it was very interesting. <laughs> um, and he spoke about it with uh, local press later. Um, and that's what the clip was. But I'm not sure. Um, fortunately, we we're not able to watch that. But we'll get that back to you. And if you check out the docket in the show notes, you'll see the link. You can probably find it later. Um, but yeah, so a uh, very amusing moment at the GOP debate. Um, always nice when you get when you get. Have you ever been served with papers? Bruce Dave, I've never been subpoenaed myself. Uh, my business once, but it was it was not an interesting story. Oh, so not not didn't interrupt any sort of like personal matters or I don't know. Nah, like you're you're, t- you're pinching off a really nice loaf in the toilet. <laughs> no, know. no, 
<laughs> through the wind through the window hello sir um that's the other like, thing is this apartment is so long and like the apartment itself is so fucking noisy if i'm like in my bedroom and somebody knocks on the door i'm never gonna mean, hear it oh i've definitely experienced that before when you've been live on the air too and i've been like let me in the door is locked <laughs> the one time the door was ever locked actually i think your door is pretty much always open note to the neighbors um all right well i guess we'll just move on into the second recall story that we have on our docket tonight uh, and this one is pretty much going to speak for itself, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be like the lead story on Fox News for the next few weeks. Hundreds of gubernatorial recall ballots mailed out by the state did not make it to voters. Instead, they turned up in the backseat of a man's car in Torrance. Eyewitness News reporter Josh Haskell tells us how they were found and what happens now. When Torrance police administered a welfare check on a man asleep in a car at this 7-Eleven on Emerald Street one week ago, they found enough items to take him into custody. Drugs and a loaded handgun were recovered. But in the back seat of the car, they found what appears to be stolen mail belonging to hundreds of people, including over 300 recall ballots for the September 14th special election. The election ballots, uh, they were untampered with, they were unopened. Like I said, there were a, a, a little over 300 of them uh, found, primarily from addresses in Mondale. There were some from Compton. Um, we're still trying to figure out uh, where all these belong to you, though, at this time. So we're working with the Los Angeles Election Office as well as the U.S. Postal Inspector. That means over 300 Lawndale and Compton residents still haven't received their ballots in the mail. But the L.A. County Registrar's Office now has all the names on the recovered ballots and is reissuing ballots to everyone impacted. The registrar says this doesn't appear to be an attempt to influence the election as other stolen mail was found with the ballots. In a statement, the registrar's office said there's nothing to indicate this was focused on the election. A lot of people, including us, want to know how did these ballots get in that subject's car and what would he stole their mail of those ballots being in that subject's vehicle. Torrance police say the man sleeping in the vehicle has been released on his own recognizance and is no longer in custody. Voters can request another ballot by contacting the L.A. County Registrar's Office. You can also track the status of your ballot when it has been mailed, counted and received. We have a link to that site on our website, abc7.com. I could just give me the link on your freaking news broadcast. <laughs> Do you want me to go to your website? Get those clicks. Get uh, those clicks. If it's the Registrar of Voters, I bet the link is one of them fucking links that is not easily readable on the air. Very long. Well, you can create like a bit.ly or something or yeah. uh, whatever for it. But um, that's, yeah, that's, you know, absolutely. He was just stealing mail. Absolutely. This guy was just off his meds and, and just robbing people and just trying to find, you know, whatever he can in the mail. Um, ballots aren't going to help him very much, right? So they were right. untampered with and just put aside. But it's not going to prevent, you know, some right wing looney tune from going off, popping off and, you know, accusing him of voter fraud, even though it would benefit the right wing since if this was Lawndale and Compton, most of those voters are people of color. Most of them are probably going to be voting against the recall anyway, if they're going to vote um, or they're probably not going to vote at all. Yeah. Frankly, so. <clears throat> like it's not like people don't just steal mail once. Like if people steal mail, it's kind of something they regularly do. And sure. so they just happen to catch this guy the day that a lot of ballots like, or a day after or two days after or whatever, a yeah, lot of ballots a hit the mailboxes, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, and and to his credit, he's probably you know maybe he's not aware of what's going on with the recall, so he's not expecting a bunch of ballots to be in the mail in the middle of August. That's the dumbest thing you've ever heard, right? Like who ever heard of that? So um, he probably didn't expect that at all. He's like, what are these things? Another thing, like <clears throat> if you value your personal 
security don't have a fucking mailbox that just sits on the side of your house. Yes. Like if you live in an apartment complex, that shit's locked. If you live in, if you live in a house, you can get, I forget how it works. There's ways you can lock your mailbox or you can buy Mm -hmm. mailboxes that mail gets in, but it's really hard to get out of it. Or if you can get it, if you go buy a new door, get a door with a mail slot in it. We're, we're lucky enough to have a, a slot box in our basically in our wall next to our front door that's the the mailbox so it goes down a a hole and comes out another hole and you can't stick your hand in the hole from outside and get the mail that's in the hole yeah yeah Um, but not everything fits so like our big boxes of like cereal and snacks and other things that my that the good wife orders right but you're not gonna have a lot of personal information on in that like you might have no envelope. no just a jar of collagen maybe yeah yeah so here's our um, last story. This is the Milpitas mayor and a city council member attended a meeting after close COVID contact. Fucking fuck the Milpitas mayor. God damn. You, you love, we love Rich Tran. He's our favorite. And um, we get to see him wearing a really fancy outfit in this video. So let's, let's see what happened. Well, at least there's that. Yes, there's always that. A COVID controversy in Milpitas tonight. The mayor and a city council member are under fire for attending an in-person council meeting and other recent public events without telling anyone they'd been in close contact with someone who has COVID. NBC Bears' Robert Honda has a report from Milpitas, where some are calling for change. We're here in the city of Milpitas. Milpitas Mayor Rich Tran, in a mask and hat, seemed upbeat at the in-person city council meeting Tuesday, but his presence is being harshly criticized after it was revealed in online posts and conversations first reported by the Mercury News that Tran and council member Evelyn Chua had been at a local bar now rampant with COVID cases. It turns out the mayor knew before the council meeting that he had been in close contact with a COVID-positive person but did not tell anyone including Chua or other council members. The moment that we found out about it, um, you know, we, we, we knew that um, a lot of steps had to be taken uh, to ensure that uh, this isn't going to happen again. He doesn't have any upstream. Does he have Comcast? We're here at the I don't know. Thursday, I'll, I'll talk to him about it. For a public event, a Facebook post from the bar reported 15 COVID cases since then among staff and patrons, including, according to the post, some who mingled directly with the two city officials at their event. Today, the owners say they are in quarantine and the bar will remain closed longer than the posted date of August 20th. We also reached out to Mayor Tran he told us he is uncomfortable talking about private health matters. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is a HIPAA violation. And after the council meeting, adding, if anyone cares, I'm also vaccinated. Council I do care, actually. Is not reassured. In regards to uh, protocol, in regards to revisiting, you know, what uh, we could have done about it, I think the, the, the safest precaution we can take is just to not have these in-person meetings at all. Robert Honda, NBC, Bay Area News. Oh, Rich yep. Tran, we knew we loved you for a reason. You know, the good on the bar, honestly. They, like, put it up right up out on Front Street in public on their Facebook that, that they had this and that they're closing their bar for a while. Like, good on the bar. Yeah, yeah. Give, them their, give them your money when they're open again. Um, and when Rich Tran isn't there. Um, Rich and Evelyn Chua, by the way, like his, his one supporter on the council, um, the person he, he propped up to, to run last year. Um, yeah, we love him so, but we're not allowed to ask him his, about his private medical information, but he's vaccinated for anyone who cares. I love that. Um, oh, well, well, uh, hopefully Rich will survive. And, um, I don't know if he's running again for mayor. I think I've heard he's not 
planning to again, but we'll see. But he has to run every two years, so he'll have to run again next year if he does. We'll bring up that hat, because that's the beauty of a hat. So we have All something right. from the, the Santa Clara, like the from public comment from the Board of Supervisors. Mm-hmm. I see there's a timestamp on this. Well, yeah, I mean, I thought you might want to, since we couldn't get the, we couldn't quite, uh, I think you're going to jump on San Jose public comment later. I thought we might revisit, this was a similar debate on the the vaccines um, at the Board of Supervisors last week. Um, we couldn't get it uh, in time for, for our airtime. Um, but I thought just if we wanted to run maybe the first three or four commenters, you'll get a real good smattering of what you're going to hear later on tonight. So this is like a little teaser. And I'm sure it's all the same people and the same talking points. So this timestamp that's uh, that's here is is like you did that, yeah? Yes, correct. Great. So it'll cool. it'll start it'll go right to the lead off of public comment. Great, and this is from the Board of Supervisors for Santa Clara County, August seventeenth. That's uh, last Tuesday. Correct. Thank you, President El Presidente. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, if it's all right with the supervisors, I'm going to turn to the public waiting queue. We currently have 36 individuals waiting to speak um, on this item regarding COVID. Nancy, if you'll start us off. Sure. Our first speaker is Carol Bruyette. I am unmuting you. Please accept the unmute. You have one minute to speak. Hi, I'm appalled by what I just witnessed because I feel that this is a global media blitz, the largest global propaganda effort in in history and it's an attack not uh, on our health as much as democracy everywhere. When you look at the reality of the PCR tests, which are based on completely upon fraud, there has been a concerted effort to fabricate fear throughout the population to force people into getting vaccinations. These vaccinations have caused more death, more injury than any other vaccines in human history. Incorrect. Uh, that you should f- inflict them on children is, is a crime against humanity, especially as they're part of an experiment. The trials haven't been completed. You should be ashamed of yourself. You must stop this horrible campaign and look at the science, which they ignored. Our next speaker is Melissa Smith. I am unmuting you. Please accept the unmute. You have one minute to speak. Melissa Smith here. I'm asking you to please hold your meetings in person. Please do not allow employers in Santa Clara County to mandate vaccines. Please stop the coercion, the intimidation, and the threats. Please recognize that people have been injured by the vaccine, like my friend's 16-year-old daughter who got her first seizure ever a few days after her first dose of the vaccine. Please rescind your mandate and do not require proof of vaccination in public spaces. Be consistent. Why do you allow indoor dining that is masks off indoors, but require our children to be masked seven hours indoors at school? Children come home with wet, smelly, bacteria-laden masks. Oh, come on. Wash kids' masks. Each day with dirty hands. Is that really going to help prevent the spread of COVID? Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. Oh, one moment here. Our next speaker is Penny Bailowski. I am unmuting you. Please accept the unmute. You have one minute to speak. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. is this? The core job of our public servants, which includes the Board of Supervisors, is to protect the God given rights of every man, woman, and child. These rights 
are not privileges granted by you nor taken away by you. We must act to protect our rights and not support these vaccine mandates, especially with a vaccine that comes with risks already well documented in the VAERS database. Oh no, the VAERS database. Mm -hmm. Somebody hit bang VAERS in the chat. There's a list of fucking really dumb things that were posted on VAERS. One, one gave them the gay, another one made them walk backwards, another one like, oh, my wife got the vaccine and then left me because I wouldn't get the vaccine. <laughs> it's like all kind of shit on the VAERS fucking thing. Nice. It's the VAERS isn't like verified. I'm Robert hitting all the greatest hits here. That's good. Long-term safety data, especially when the makers of these vaccines have complete protection from any damage their product has. There is no recourse if you get injured from this from their products. You can watch Vaxxed 2 for free on the Children's Health Defense website. No, don't watch that. Okay, we watched it on stream. These vaccines already have an extensive <laughs> history of creating products that harm us. Look up their rap sheets and you will see. My body, my choice. This is my God-given right. No exceptions. Protect me. Right. Our next speaker is Georgine. I am unmuting you. Please accept yeah. the unmute. You have Only one, one or two more. You'll get the idea. Thank you. I have one question for you all. Can you tell us under oath where your authority comes from to order any man or woman to inject a non-FDA licensed gene-altering chemical into our body that could potentially kill us, as it did to a friend of mine? No, it didn't kill your friend. And we do not consent. Jesus we do not Christ consent, you say. Authority. God damn it. God created man. Man created government. You are subservient to we the people. All laws contract. And unless you can show us the contract we signed, knowingly, Ooh. willingly, and intentionally. Sounds like Russell J. Gould to me. God given rights to life, li liberty, etc. Your opinions have no merit. No contract, no lawful authority. A forced contract is fraud and unlawful. You are five supervisors. We are almost two million, and we will work to remove you for abusing your oaths and privileges. I pray that you'll repent and seek the Lord's forgiveness. He's waiting God. and he wants to save you. Thank you. One more. One more. Okay. Our next speaker is Zeb Fellman. I am unmuting oh, you. Good. Please accept the unmute. You have one minute. I think he's actually reasonable. Zeb Feldman, ASIMA OE3. Good afternoon, yes. supervisors. ASIMA uh, is a pro-vaccine union, as you've heard earlier today. The county openly acknowledges that they have no idea how many staff will retire, resign, or be fired as a result of this vaccine mandate. They acknowledge that they didn't bother, nor do they intend to survey our employees. Will it be 1, 5, or 15% of county staff? With cases surging, can the county spare 10% of its healthcare staff who could be in, instead be tested on a daily basis? A vaccine mandate may very well be the only option to maintain public health. However, that's no excuse for the willful ignorance on the impact of this mandate. How can our departments prepare and where will the county need to devote its rapid hiring resources without knowing these basic informations? We need to make decisions with our eyes open. Our county's on a cliff. Please don't let us fall or fail. Halt implementation by two weeks so we can meet and confer with SEMA and labor relations in good faith. Thank you for your kind attention. That was actually kind of reasonable. He's like, we don't know how many of these people are fucking crackpots who are going to quit. So yeah. we should at least find that out first. <laughs> that's that's Zeb. Zeb's a very reasonable dude. Um, SEMA is the County Employees Management Association. It's like mid-level managers, basically, um, who wanted to have their own union because they weren't really in. They aren't healthcare workers. They're not like, uh, you know, they're not public safety. They don't really fit right anywhere. So they're in their own union and they tend to do their own thing. Um, and they're, yeah, they're, they have reasonable expectation 
for uh, their employer, right, to meet with them and confer with them about these massive change, this massive change, right, and what it might mean for their workforce. Um, so uh, they're they're only asking for a delay just to to chat about it. Although that's often what labor and business and other you know lobbying interests want is just a little more time. A lot of times they don't want the thing at all. They just want more time to talk about it and hope that it goes away, right? Um, but in this case, I think that Zeb is being honest and that they really do want to find a solution. So I think they are finding a solution actually right now. It's been a week, so they're meeting and conferring. We'll find out next week what happened. Yeah, next this is... On uh, and, supervisors. So like the media wench in the chat was saying that she wants to call into these. And I think with all these <clears throat> groups kind of organizing to get people together to call in, if there's a public comment that you can call into in your local community... And be willing to say your full name in the city you live in and push back against this stuff with some of the stuff maybe that you've learned here uh, by watching this channel. I would encourage you to please do that because like this, this has all been very one sided in every one of these that we've met, we've watched. And I don't think that that there's just some silent majority of anti-vaxxers out there. For example, in Santa Clara County, what is the vaccination rate? Like 80 something percent? Yeah, over in San Jose, it's 85 in San Jose City. So it's it we're doing very, very well here. This is absolutely even if it was all people from San Jose, we're talking about the minority of the minority. Um, so you're right. No, and I, I I fully endorse that and second that. Like if you if you are able, if you have the time, please take one minute, right? I mean it's gonna take a little while to get heard because there's a lot of assholes out there. But take that one minute, go on Zoom or whatever it is wherever it is. You can go on Zoom nowadays. Um, you don't have to go down to the the council chambers and speak and just give some reason, add a little reason and a little thought and a little honesty to the dialogue um, so that our elected leaders can feel confident in their unanimous votes like we had today um, to implement these, these mandates that are helping people stay safe, right? And trying to do their best to, to keep people healthy. Um, and uh, you should be polite, but I also don't have a problem at all advising you that if you want to use inflammatory rhetoric, if you want to call the anti-vaccine movement a cult, you yes. want to say that this has all been astroturfed in your community yes that, that you you should say that if you believe that you don't say that it's 100%. true you go I, this feels like astroturf to me i've been seeing all these county boards of supervisors meetings i've been kind of keeping an eye on what's going on you know through some of the yep. some of the twitch channels i watch i'll even sh shout out echoplex media if you feel like it but yep. like take the time and do it because like the people you know the people who are voting the right way might like to might like even if it's just a break from the fucking insanity for a second to listen to you like give your take and why you think it's important for everybody to get vaccinated you know yeah it definitely gave me i don't know about you but watching that or watching i was sort of monitoring while i was doing other work but monitoring the public comment today you know every hour or so or every half hour there was one person who got in with their 30 seconds and was actually reasonable right like hey get the vaccine do this thank you thank you thank you right and that gave me it was like a like a wash of ice water, right? Oh, thank God. Okay, I can I can tolerate the next half hour of asshats just because that one person came in. So the elected officials, they're the same way, right? They're trying so hard to keep straight faces and just zone it out and not listen to these wackos, but it does aggravate them to no end, right? Um, it's not that they're going to change their vote, but it just it's aggravating. So support them. They're not out there trying to hurt anybody. They're just trying to do their best, even the ones that we don't agree with. So respect your elected officials. That's another thing. I, there's one last thing that really pisses me off about some of these assholes that are calling in. The, the implication, and someone finally said it, I think explicitly, the implication that a lot of these people have is that the government is trying to kill you. 
that they want less people. They want to weed you out. They want, you know, they want, uh, you know, these, you know, they want the anti-vaxxers to just die, right? Now, granted, I kind of want them all to go away too, but the government's not trying to kill anybody, period, right? They may end up doing it accidentally. They may end up fucking people over, you know, unintentionally. I guarantee you no government ever, you know, at least this, the city governments now, right? Of course the Nazis. Um, but most governments don't make decisions say, yeah, we're going to kill a bunch of people. That's not how it works. Um, so just lay the fuck off. God, I'm so pissed with these people. Well, uh, we're going to, all right, well, we've finished down ballot and public <laughs> comment. Um, we are now going to go on to, and another thing, this is our, the fun part of our show. And uh, I've got a little break here between, um, uh, uh this and uh, local love. So, uh, after we play our song and stuff here, I'll go back to the Santa Clara one. We'll be hitting the, uh, we hitting the San Jose one at 10 p.m. Pacific tonight if anybody wants to go do something else and come back for that. Although Local nice. Love is a lot of fun. We have an open panel for that. So what we oh, have here fun. is a llama was spotted on the walking on the beach in uh, Muir Beach in Marin County. Muir Beach is a pretty famous beach, actually. It is. It's it's like world famous for John Muir and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, some people, they see death walking on the beach. If you're in a Bergman movie, some people see llamas. Take a look at this, please. This is not yes, of course. Aww. That is a llama on a beach in Marin County. Yes, right here in the Bay Area. This is video taken this afternoon at Muir Beach. The dog is like, I'm not sure what to do here. Llama's name oh, totally. is Chubby. Although he looks slim. <laughs> He's on a leash, by the way. The dogs around him either. And he seems to like the ocean. You can see him wading through the tide there uh, on a leash. Now, do you know anybody who's got a, a pet uh, llama, Rob? Oh, I do. Has a, with the leash, and you see the dogs there kind of taking it all in. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, we're all one Aww. in Marin County there. We are all one. If it was going to happen, it would happen in Marin County. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Check that out tomorrow. Yeah. When, we're all one. The, the dogs and the llamas are living together, producer Dave. <laughs> Only in Marin County. These newscasters seem so pleased with themselves, too, when they get to make a quip. Oh, they love it. That's this is that is the um for those of you who are new to down ballot, right, and you haven't been watching these clips before, like, you know, local news, that is the just the bread and butter of local news is the com the I forget what they call it, but the you, they come back from the, the bit or the the hit and the anchors at the desk, they have to make some sort of quip. It's like almost required. You have to say something quippy or witty about the clip. And the problem with that is that you just aren't these, these aren't the most witty people in the world, right? These are local news anchors. So they're not always going to have the most witty thing to say, but they have to do it like eight, nine times a night. So eventually one of them is just going to fall flat on their face. And it, it actually happens more often than not. That's the funniest part for me and the good wife watching these shows live is the dumbass things that the anchors say when they come back from the clips. Then again, I tend to say some dumbass things when we come back from our clips. So who am I to judge? You know, everybody, everybody kind of gets in where they fit in, right? I'm pretty good at yeah. what you might call a quip, but I would be hard pressed to sit there for half an hour, you know, with commercial breaks and everything, just reading off a teleprompter, right. playing it straight and like right. not touching my face and not like smoking cigarettes in the studio. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Why can't, where's the beer? How do we do Dude. the news without beer? Dude, back in the day, Walter Cronkite used to smoke live on the air, right? That, right. that, was, no, that was no problem with that. Um, it was totally cool. Uh, in the, the the quiz shows, right? They're in their little chamber and they're smoking a cigarette. Like, what's the answer? I forget when the Constitution was ratified. Um, anyway, well, um, I'm glad we had a nice little uh, reverse icebreaker to just chill everyone out. Um, remember, llamas are people too. We're all one. 
I actually know someone that has a farm with llamas, alpacas. If you ever want to go visit, it's really fun. You can you can ride the llamas. Um, it's it's a good time. Anyway, they don't let you ride. Alpacas are too small. Yeah, yeah, and they're hairy. Um, well, thank you for another lovely episode, producer Dave. I'm uh, I truly hope you have a wonderful local love. I cannot stick around, but I will hang out for a little bit with the public comment for Santa Clara, <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. Well, I'm going to turn the lights red. Fucking play cool. a song. Uh, this has been Down Ballot. Check check out uh, this uh, on your podcatcher. If you happen to get it on our website and you have a podcatcher on your phone, get it on your podcatcher. Subscribe to it. Just search Down Ballot. We come up first in almost every podcatcher. And uh, check out all of Echoplex Media shows on your favorite podcatcher as well. We'll um, And follow us on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. Media. We've been, huh. we've been using the hell out of this song. This is called Boomers. It's by Periscope. We just play the shit out of it on this channel. I'll be back. The lights will be red and um, I'll have cocktail. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Don't go anywhere, live listeners.